real ones like two and gonna do a home to us. This is Hunhurtu from Tua. You're listening to WCBN FM and Arbor. Good evening, it's a little after 6.30 p.m., and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And Captain, it's really foggy out there. Yeah, the... Never uh, seen fog quite this thick. Never seen it quite this thick. Yeah, it's uh, moist. Our controls are not working outside, so if you're listening and a CBN person, beware. The buzzer doesn't work, and neither does the... Uh, card reader outside. Moisture is probably to blame. Uh, kind of an interesting week just in terms of the sense that we had cold weather for a sustained period of time. And I don't know about you, but my impression always is that when it gets this cold for like a week, everything seems to just slow down. It really does. There's something psychological about it. Obviously, time is constant. It doesn't change, but it's interesting in the great short story in Dubliners that ends the uh, collection of short stories by James Joyce. He talks about the snow falling and that sort of aura of silence and calm that snow brings sometimes to us in the winter. I noticed there was a very poignant essay in yesterday's New York Times editorial section about the uh, value of snow in terms of quieting things down and slowing things down and indeed you need to slow down if you're out there on the roads on occasion last night was an, an unbelievable mess i was at the uh oh i'll bet because it was icing yeah. freezing rain there for a, a spell i was at the blind pig uh, showcase folk uh festival thing uh with the folk the police a lot of local bands. It was a lot of fun, but boy, that freezing rain started coming down about midnight, and it was catastrophic out there. I <laughs> uh, wouldn't want to be driving in that kind of weather. Anyway, kind of an interesting week with all sorts of 
political developments, international developments. North Korea is the mouse that roared. They're back in the news. And Berlusconi. Does this guy, could this guy get a gun in America? <laughs> well, sure, because he would probably just buy a store that sold them. He gave an interview this uh, a couple of days ago in which he praised Mussolini. Um, <laughs> he uh, <clears throat> said that Mussolini, uh, quote, fearing that German power would turn into a general victory, preferred to be allied with Hitler, Hitler's Germany, rather than oppose it. He said the racial laws are the uh, worst fault of Mussolini, who in so many other aspects did good. <laughs> and I'm kind of wondering, what? <laughs> yeah, well, of course, I'm sure he falls in line with Mussolini uh, as far as the uh, Romani, the gypsies, are concerned. It's uh, They're widely reviled uh, in Italian police and government circles. Um, and the old uh, canard that at least Mussolini made the trains run on time has been proven false. Yeah. So Mussolini, not that good on very many levels at all, really. Uh, a former journalist uh, who betrayed uh, anything like journalistic credibility. Um, I urge readers to or listeners to uh, consult the work of George Saldez, who did some uh, extensive traveling in uh, Mussolini's Italy for a more realistic <laughs> lowdown. Uh, yeah, Berlusconi, I think, clearly is insane. He's got probably all sorts of uh, well, psychological... Well, he's for president yeah. yet again. It's incredible. He's, uh, he's delusional and, and incorrigible and wealthy, uh, wealthier than uh, the Pope, <laughs> quite frankly. So... Well, the hair transplants uh, need work. Uh, the brain transplant needs work. Uh, Mussolini, of course. Keep uh, those teenage prostitutes coming. Ah! Mamma mia. Uh, very, very complicated foreign policy. I would hardly uh, say that uh, he uh, preferred to ally with Hitler. Uh, he attempted to ally with Hitler throughout the 30s. Hitler actually rebuffed him in many cases. As is uh, nicely uh, illustrated in Chaplin's uh, great dictator film yeah i think even the three stooges have a spoof of mussolini yeah with curly <laughs> well of course let's just remember uh how mussolini ended up there silvio yeah the one influence that he had uh, on hitler by the way fleshy pinata his uh he was of course uh, assassinated so to speak uh, killed by partisans uh, probably communists actually who strung him up and this actually uh, is allegedly one of the reasons Hitler decided to commit suicide. <laughs> he didn't want his body strung up like a piece of cattle. Uh, so he bit the poison pill, possibly shot himself. Uh, Eva Braun uh, drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak. <laughs> she apparently did not shoot herself, but uh, her, her unloaded gun was found nearby. Adolf Hitler, who shot himself in the bunker and then ordered his guards to stay away for 10 minutes while he committed the dirty act on April 30th, 1945. And the, his orders, of course, <laughs> he divided power up between three of his Nazi uh, brethren. Uh, two of them committed suicide within a month, uh, including Martin Bormann and Goebbels. Uh... Yeah, well, 
Berlusconi obviously ended up having to apologize later. He issued a statement. Clearly, saying, he understands uh, Italian history about as well as uh, the, the teabaggers here. Well, and the <laughs> understand other thing, American history. Yeah, and the other thing about Mussolini was he sponsored lots of fascist uh, activity in Europe, uh, outside Italy. <laughs> including uh, Spain. Extensively in Spain. He sure. was a, uh, a master of propaganda. And, uh, boy, he re-established the valor of the Roman Empire by invading Abyssinia in 1935. Uh, of course, the League of Nations did nothing, and Hitler uh, joined in a pact with... Uh, Mussolini joined in a pact with Hitler uh, about a year later. And, uh, well... Uh, uh, Berlusconi's uh, corrected, corrected statement, as he put it, he said he had not made it clear that his historical analyses are, quote, are always based on condemnation of dictatorships. Okay. <laughs> Delusional plutocrats, though. No problems. How about, how about his own dictatorship? Yeah. He's uh, been a bit of a dictator of the Mussolini variety. Well, and it really, I mean, uh, democracy as a concept, let alone as a strictly defined legal term, uh, has to be taken with a, a whole mouthful of salt, not just a grain, when you're talking about a guy who single-handedly owns the majority of media outlets uh, in yeah. the Italian peninsula. Radio, TV, uh, newspapers. And, of course, the ownership of that media can obscure the, the horrible job he's done fiscally for Italy because, of course, Italy is one of the European nations that has uh, mucho uh, problemos with uh, finances, deficits, insolvency, tax collection. Uh, Berlusconi is not only an idiot, he's incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he probably could get a gun here. <laughs> yeah, I it's guess It's just so. that loosely defined. And, of course, uh, keep your eye on developments in the area of gun legislation. I wouldn't hold my breath on it. I don't... You know, it's interesting that a lot of Barack Obama's uh, future success as president really is going to come down to uh, how effective John Boehner is in the House of Representatives organizing the coalition. Uh, it strikes me that Boehner has to decide whether he wants to be uh, Speaker of the House or a leader in the Republican Party. And that is going to be a tough decision for him to make. As for Bobby Jindal, <laughs> uh, we'll give him a brain damage award. Uh, he, uh, The Republicans, of course, have been powwowing the last uh, couple of weeks trying to get organized as a party. Don't get rattled, says Paul Ryan. <laughs> we can't let Obama rattle us. We won't play the villain in his morality plays. Uh, well, nobody's really staging any morality plays on the steps of a cathedral here, but uh, we do seem to have a failure party-wide amongst the Republicans to legislate, <laughs> well, to practice uh, debate and discussion. Bobby Jindal, of course, the governor from Louisiana, mentioned as a possible Republican nominee in uh, 2016. Good Lord. I look forward to those hilarious. But he catapulted himself into <laughs> notoriety last week 
with this brilliant quote, we've got to stop being the stupid party. <laughs> oh, well, you know, uh, he's right. <laughs> he's absolutely correct there. So believe it or not, that actually a comment like that, I, I think it's actually meant to appeal to the, uh, the old fashioned, now nearly extinct, uh, moderate Republican. Who, of course, were not stupid. Yeah. Fiscal conservatives, social uh, liberals. Uh, we've talked about the huge shift to the right of uh, the American political system in general, but the Republican Party in particular over the years. When a guy like Barry Goldwater dies saying that I no longer recognize the Republican Party as yeah. my own, you know you're on a different map. When, so, of course, when he was in the Senate early in his career, he was certainly one of the most conservative uh, members of the Republican indeed. Party. So uh, the stupid party uh, lives on. <laughs> Fly that stupid flag. <laughs> Hi. I'm not too sure where the Republican Party has stopped being the stupid party or, or what, the, what the agenda is. Of course, they've proposed all sorts of uh, interesting things this past week. Uh, apparently, we've got a uh, bipartisan deal on immigration in the Senate. Uh, I doubt that that's going to go very far in the House, but we'll see. Uh, Marco Rubio is trying to catapult himself into notoriety with this issue, along with others. Um, what was their other brilliant uh, proposal this past week? They, they want to... Uh, <laughs> rely more on sales taxes in their states rather than income and corporate taxes. Ignoring the fact, by the way, that sales taxes, uh, interestingly, according to the an economic uh, think tank, uh, account for 46% of state revenues and income plus corporate taxes only account for 42%. Uh, sales taxes, of course, uh, are regressive. And uh, Bobby Jindal, of course, is proposing it for his own state, but... Uh, my recollection is Louisiana already has a like a nine percent mm -hmm. sales tax rate, so it's a little unclear. Well, that, that way you can pretend to be against taxes and just sort of shrug it all off as security costs during the uh, Bush Orange Alert days were uh, shrugged off to the states. Uh, each state uh, had to absorb uh, massive increases. Uh, in the need to spend for security uh, while simultaneously experiencing a cutoff in federal funds to do just that. So Michigan had to spend uh, extra money uh, f sending Coast Guard boats around to make sure that Al-Qaeda didn't blow up the Mackinac Bridge, uh, you know, and we bore that cost. Yeah, and then, of course, it's interesting, uh, polls out now show that 68% of Americans uh, are in favor of bans on assault rifles. Uh, what's the stupid party going to do? <laughs> Oppose a ban on assault rifles, undoubtedly. They're going to talk about constitutional rights. They're going to oppose uh, regulations on ammunition clips. And it's rather odd that uh, Obama would give an interview in the New Republic, uh, apparently the revamped New Republic. New Republic, of course, was a very f important publication uh, back in the early part of the 20th century uh, with respect to the progressive movement. Uh, it was definitely a advocate of progressivism as we know it. Although, interestingly, they didn't call themselves progressives back then. They called themselves liberals. Historians put that moniker on that movement. 
Uh, interesting that Obama, in an interview, apparently in their revamped edition, says that the uh, opponents of gun control have to listen more. Hmm. We've been listening quite well. The question is, is the other side going to listen? Well, there's something psychological. I mean, the, the gun uh, lobby has encouraged this, and gun enthusiasts are sort of falling back on the... Well, let's talk about insanity. Let's talk about madness because yeah. it's the insanity aspect of these terrible shootings that uh, the government needs to do more about, not the gun part. There's something psychologically about having a gun that uh, changes the way you feel like you're obligated to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when the horrible events of the shooting in uh, at the elementary school happened, uh, the story rose up again about the old lady down south who'd been pulled over by the cops who... Uh, uh, for a speeding thing, and they looked at her license, and, oh, she has a concealed weapons permit, but she didn't notify the arresting officer of that. Turns out she had not one, but two, but three weapons hidden amongst her car, and the cop jokingly asked her, lady, what are you scared of? And she said, nothing. Uh, clearly, I think she's scared of everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that the gun people are filled with fear. Uh, but the attitude that you don't have to listen when you're packing uh, is nicely illustrated by yet another minor tiff that results in uh, gunplay, a shooting at a Houston, Texas area community college. Wounded three people erupted when two men began arguing after bumping into each other. Two guys bump yep. into each other. Let's pull a gun out. Turns and into our... an argument. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're a jerk. You didn't say excuse me. Yeah, well, uh, I got a gun. <laughs> I don't know who bumped into who here, but one of the two uh, was packing and uh, pulled the gun, shot it. Uh, three people injured, and uh, there you have it. And where is the mental illness there? I mean, anger is is probably responsible for a lot of these uh, gun deaths. We we know, of course, that it's the uh, most commonly used uh, method of committing suicide. Uh, Thirty eight thousand uh, gun related deaths last year. Um, about sixty percent of those suicides. Um. Wow, I you know, that's, well, it, think it, about it. That's ten times nine eleven. Yeah, um, you know, j- just focus. And the other thing about the mental illness thing is, it's it, those are the very programs that the that the opponents of gun control want to cut. I mean, they keep talking about and have cut. consistently been cutting for yeah. decades. So yeah. it, there's an inconsistency there. I, I mean, suddenly they've discovered mental health as as an issue. <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah, remember when Reagan closed all those hospitals and this nation saw the massive increase in homeless people? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. right, right. Those were people who had mental problems. Okay. Well, and I mentioned even last, uh, many months ago that Alabama had decided to close down its last mental hospital. There are no mental facilities in the state of Alabama. Uh, maybe the state legislature. <laughs> but fortunately, Congress, uh, in remaining... Uh, politically correct and i failed to bring this uh clipping in with me but it's interesting they have banned the word lunatic <laughs> they regard it as offensive it's a, sort of a quaint uh, art you know archaism <laughs> <laughs> not a you know a strictly speaking a medical uh yeah categorization well clinical term i'm, I'm not offended by the mm. word lunacy or lunatic and in well, fact Congress's only reason for banning the word is that there are so many of them in Congress. Right. They don't wish to be called lunatics. Um, 
Well, what you know, mental illness. Okay, but where, where where is the where are the programs that the that the gun uh, lobby is uh, is advocating to deal with mental illness in the United States? And does d- do we create mental illness in the United States just by simply having these lockdowns? I heard a story today on NPR about the lockdowns that they average three a week in the city of Oakland. And of course, this is part of the drill that they do just to take precautions because of gun violence that may have occurred four blocks away. And elementary school children are, you know, instructed on the lockdown procedure. Well, when five-year-old and six-year-old children are dealing with these kinds of exercises, you know, it used to be the fire drill, right? (laughs) But when it's uh, gun related lockdown precautions occurring several times a week. Uh, I begin to wonder if that's not even creating mental illness. Well, it's certainly ratcheting up the uh, stress factor. And, uh, you know, there's an article in the Free Press last week, school staff to learn what to do in shooting. And we've had these drills here locally in the schools. Uh, Every time there's a a, a terrible shooting, typically in a school, uh, local administrators will go, oh, we've got to have a drill. Uh, so we're prepared. So they put a new sign on the door or a new set of stickers and everybody does the drill or lockdown. Um, you know, realistically speaking, uh, this is a psychological Band-Aid. It's, it's pretty much equivalent to the old duck and cover yeah. drill. Mm-hmm. Uh, should an armed assailant... Uh, as if e- ducking under a desk was some kind of save right. you from a yeah. nuclear attack. As uh, the onion... Uh, <laughs> Wittily observed yeah. in their brilliant Our Dumb Century book, Pentagon develops new A-bomb-proof desk. Um, you know, it, when uh, lunatics, let's use the term, <laughs> or uh, deranged, violent individuals who have access to, let's say, their mother's military-style weapons, um, you know, the lockdown drills are not really going to do anything. They're not going to prevent very much, certainly, uh, from happening when somebody has access to these multi-round clips. And to just argue uh, against the limit on ammunition magazines, just... That that's an infringement. Yeah. That that's somehow an infringement yeah. um, is, is uh, I would say, a form of insanity. A refusal to realistically acknowledge and analyze language in the Constitution relative to facts on the ground out here in the real world um, and ignoring the fact, by the way, that firearms uh, at the time of our founding, uh, the founding of the United States, part of the Bill of Rights, um, guns were dangerous. They didn't work very well. You could get off one round maybe every, you know, it was basically a ball and musket. Well, the bullets you made yourself, uh, if improperly made, yeah. they could go off backwards into uh, the operator's Not as many Americans own guns as the uh, NRA would like you to believe. Well, and it's important to remember, too, that the NRA is really primarily a manufacturer's and merchant's lobby. Uh, Most of their funding comes from uh, gun manufacturers and gun merchants. A small percentage of their overall intake of donations uh, comes from individual citizens who happen to be uh, gun owners or gun enthusiasts. So uh, it's a uh, manufacturer's lobby. It's it's right up there uh, with that corporate circle uh, promoting falsely an agenda of folksy populism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about selling guns. The fact that the kind of guns 
that are used to perpetrate these horrible crimes go up in sales uh, every time there's a shooting because people think, oh, we won't be able to buy these anymore, so better buy up a bunch now. I mean, you can prove pretty simply here that the gun manufacturers profit from these massacres. Yeah, and it's interesting that we, we, we in commenting on this over the past several weeks, we've noticed that uh, noted that uh, research funding for uh, gun violence has been cut off under various, uh, you know, basically pandering to the gun lobby. It's interesting that in the most recent Columbia Journalism Review, to give you an idea of one of the major problems with our country uh, that is alarming. And this is sort of a Harper's Index style thing. It's interesting that in 1989, there were 95 weekly science sections in newspapers around the country. In 2005, that had fallen to 34. And in 2012, down to 19. We're not dealing with science anymore in, in any realistic uh, form of journalism. And it's, it's frightening that this is... That this is Part of this unscientific reasoning and thinking that goes on in this country, it's, it's just remarkable uh, when you hear some of these arguments. Uh, arming the, uh, all of the teachers around the country that was proposed by the NRA as a solution to school violence would involve putting arms in uh, 96,000 schools. Put that in your pipe and smoke it and then realize that will cost $4 billion a year. <laughs> Is well, this a rational approach? That's a good way to sell guns. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, it's uh, it's remarkable. And by the way, that that shooting in Texas, uh, where were the uh, the people with the guns that right who responded, have the concealed carry permits? Right? Yeah, responded to the gun violence. Why weren't they uh, packing and shooting and solving problems that way? Um, didn't conceal and carry whatever it's called didn't seem to work there. And how strange that the state legislature here in Michigan yep. would put a priority on <laughs> trying to subvert the Constitution completely. <laughs> oh, the Bureau of uh, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms doesn't exist. We can have guns made here in the state of Michigan, ammunition made in the state of Michigan, and doesn't apply to uh, background checks and regulation and that sort of thing. To heck with the Interstate Commerce Clause. Right. Unbelievable. And yet this is a allegedly serious legislation uh, proposed by, what was that, the stupid party? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's it's got a ring to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another interesting uh, development. You know, it was kind of interesting last week to, you know, hear Hillary Clinton... Uh, Tell the senator, well, what difference does it make? Yeah. Well, okay, that question hasn't been answered by anybody that's uh, hyping up the Benghazi uh, tragedy. I haven't heard any answers to that question. What difference does it make? Uh, um, no, they, they still want to beat that dead horse. Well, it's fascinating to learn, by the way, that uh, the Hegel nomination is, uh, <laughs> there's an attempt now to get, you know, to scotch this nomination with some rep uh, Republican activists who are in an, an organization called the American Future Fund. They have apparently created a fake gay group to oppose Hegel as well. Um, Mr. Tusk, who apparently uh, 
is a lobbyist on behalf of this group. Claim name is not code, by the way. <laughs> Tusk. <laughs> Rhymes with Dean Rusk. Uh, he says in an interview, and I'm quoting from the Sunday New York Times article here about the Hegel nomination, that I, I find this kind of stuff very troubling. Mr. Tusk sa said he would identify his, its financiers of his group as a, quote, Democratic gay and LGBT people who have been active in campaigns around the country. Yet federal records show that Use Your Mandate uses Del Cielo Media, an arm of one of the most prominent Republican ad buying firms in the country. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, well, just make up a story about our funding this from is, a, quote, is, prominent yeah. Democrat with LGBT uh, connections. Yeah, false front. Yeah. I mean, people do this sort of thing on the internet all the time. It's called creeping, where you create a false profile for yourself and participate in various chats and groups and activities uh, under this guise. Uh, that is, of course, deeply troubling ever since the Supreme Court decided that uh, elections are for sale yeah. uh, in this country. Uh, we're likely to see more of the same, just outright fraud and chicanery. Because, you know, the way they're attacking, according to the article by Jim Rutenberg, is they're creating a, the, the impression that Mr. Hagel is, quote, anti-gay, anti-woman, and anti-Israel. Which I think we've dealt with in the previous shows, saying that that's all pretty much rubbish. This is probably news to Mr. Hagel and his friends and family. And of course, uh, one wonders how ben Benjamin Netanyahu is feeling after the elections. Uh, he narrowly got reelected, but uh, much weaker. Yeah, that's typical of uh, Israeli coalition politics. Yeah. It's just, it really is a house of cards there. Uh, and in his weaker position, uh, you know, the status quo will sort of lurch along. So anyway, it'll be very interesting to see how these Hegel hearing goes. Obviously, John Kerry is is uh, is probably going to sail right through. Uh, maybe one of our most professional public officials in in our generation, in my opinion. I'd like to thank uh, Andrew once again for engineering. Do stay tuned. You are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Yazoo City calling is coming up next on this fine station. Groovasaurus at 8 o'clock, and oh, one of those garage boys will be in at 10, so do Dr stay tuned. Drive safe. Drive safe. The German war is at an end. We may allow ourselves a brief period of rejoicing. After the war, new technology revolutionized the electronics industry. Television threatened to destroy radio. But another invention, the transistor, made radio more important and useful than ever. Radio lives today as a vital medium for bringing news, discussion, and music to millions of listeners all over the world. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. David Byrne from the band Talking Heads. You're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. 88.3 FM on your radio dial. Stay tuned to this station.